Well, here we go. This is basically going to be a compendium of all of the dumb shit that I've wasted my money on over the years when it comes to marketing. And I'm going to try and break down what's worked for me and give you some examples of stuff that just hasn't. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, folks. It's me, Robin Waite, your fearless business coach, uh, coming here live today to share with you some of the uh, most expensive marketing mistakes that I have made during my 20 years in business. And um, that probably sounds pretty drastic, doesn't it? But the reason I'm going to share some of these examples is um, to show you some of the foibles of getting into lead generation and audience growth and marketing, um, all the mistakes that you can potentially make in 2022. And hopefully, I make these mistakes and pay for them so that you don't have to as my uh, listeners on the Fearless Business Podcast. By the way, just a short note, um, if you didn't know, I've got a book out called Take Your Shot. It's a story about one of my early coaching clients who is a golf professional called Russ. It's a 100-page book, so it's relatively short. And if you would like a free um, signed copy sent to you, um, you can head on over to fearless.biz forward slash TYS for Take Your Shot. Please put it in lowercase. And I will sign uh, a copy and um, hand post it out to you um, uh, because I'm just a generous kind of guy. And I think that um, I think the book's got about 600 odd reviews now on Amazon. It's just ticked over, um, which is pretty cool. If you are listening to this outside of the UK, uh, little tip, just leave the address as the UK and you can still put your address in there and I will still send one overseas. Otherwise, if you don't put the in the UK, it, all it'll do is offer you a PDF. Um, and the PDF's great, but I think a signed copy is even better. Uh, so there you go. Uh, shameless plug for my book. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, all of the expensive marketing mistakes that I've made. Um, now, the thing is, um, it's probably important here to give some context around why marketing and lead generation in particular um, is, uh, is, is quite a tough um, game to be playing in 2022. Essentially... Um, you know, uh, this goes back to the same old thing, which I feel like I'm a broken record when I say this, but it's always worth reiterating. You know, the dawn of the internet age, there was 450,000 registered businesses in the UK. Today, there are six and a half million registered businesses in the UK. We've also just gone through one of the greatest economic um, uh, shifts um, in modern times, you know, in terms of like COVID. What happens during any economic downturn or, or change, which is global? Um, so here I'm thinking the dot-com bubble, I'm thinking the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, and then obviously what we've experienced during COVID, there is always this big shift in the job market. And what that what I mean by that is there are people who are going uh, from jobs and setting up businesses and then vice versa. What's happened though during this internet age, um, the number of businesses has just exploded massively. And so essentially what that means is everything is just that much more competitive. And not only that, but there's all these different platforms now which are all vying for your advertising money, your budget. 
Um, we're talking like old school platforms and media here, um, you know, which we're used to hearing about PR and print and publishing and things like that. Then combined on top of that with all of the different social media platforms, um, which you can advertise on through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok now as well, you can advertise on there. So there's all these different platforms and places to advertise. Um, and plus there's all these different businesses and all these different people vying for your money. So everything is spread quite thin at the moment. And actually it's really hard to navigate that as a, as a business consumer. Um, a, somebody who owns a business and is wanting to generate some leads and interest in their business and advertise the business, it's really confusing to know who to buy and what to buy and when and whether it's good value for money and all those sorts of things. So I figured that what I would um, uh, do is share with you some of my dumb mistakes where I've had to pay. Well, in fact, there's a great book um, which is called The Road Less Stupid where the author, um, let me just grab it. Um, so it's written by a guy called Keith Cunningham, um, who is the chairman of several um, big big businesses, big CEO. Um, and he talks about something called the dumb tax uh, or the stupid tax. Um, so where, where you make basically mistakes in your business, and there is obviously then an associated cost with that, uh, the, dumb, the dumb tax kicks in. Um, and I'm going to share with you where I've paid quite a high dumb tax in a couple of cases. So um, the first one which I wanted to share with you was... Um, uh, so I got into Facebook ads in a big way when I shifted from doing one-to-one uh, -one coaching to group. All of a sudden, when you um, switch on a group coaching program, you have so much more capacity in terms of the number of clients you can take on. And you think, oh, it'd be a really good idea if I filled up all of that capacity. And I did it as quickly as I possibly could. Now, up until, so I didn't launch my group program until uh, the end of 2018. And the first cohort started at the beginning of January 2019. Um, my first book, Online Business Startup, came out uh, about five years previous to that. So I'd spent five years building up my email list, growing a, um, a quite a vibrant and thriving Facebook community, Facebook group, um, growing my email list, which had several thousand people in it as well, and various things like that. So I spent five years building all of these audiences. And then um, I bought into a program, uh, which was amazing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it is, only on the basis that um, I, what I'm gonna say a bit later on as well uh, contributes to some of this dumb tax, um, and it's not fair on them. The, the program I signed up to initially was brilliant. Like I got so much value from it. It really set me off on the right path. It opened up my eyes to things like advertising and sales and group coaching programs and um, improving your offer and all sorts of things like that. So it was massively transformational for my coaching practice. But there was a couple of challenges that came along with that. And um, in part, I didn't question it. I didn't, you know, and this is where I, my dumb tax kind of kicks in, my mistake kicks in. I didn't question it. I just assumed that they knew what they're talking about and invest a lot of money in this. And so I went along with the plan and unfortunately it backfired a little bit. So one of the things that this program got me into was Facebook advertising um, in 2019. And it was going really well. Started off with a fairly modest sort of, you know, five pounds a day, 10 pounds a day. And then gradually over time, as I could start to see the leads coming in, so remember, this is all about lead generation. I started to incrementally increase because you don't just double like the amount you're spending on Facebook ads because, for example, because they don't like it. Um, they can't optimize their algorithm effectively if you just all of a sudden go from spending you know, even £10 a day to £20 a day, it can break the system. So what you do is you gradually over time, over a period of days and weeks and months, you gradually incrementally increase your ad spend. So I incrementally increased mine to a point where I was spending somewhere in the region of about £3,000 a month on Facebook advertising, okay? Now that is a significant amount of money. And it was going great guns for about eight months. And um, we were enrolling clients regularly onto the programme. 
what I didn't realize was though that um, I was actually burning through my warm list, my warmest prospects in my Facebook group, in my email list, and things like that. So all of a sudden, all of the people who are at the top of the funnel, you know, imagine you've got this funnel leading down into like, booking a call with me and um, uh, hopefully joining up to the program. All of a sudden, that funnel just dried up. There were no no more leads kind of filtering into the funnel. And it took me three months to figure out what was going on. The fact that I'd actually burnt through all of the warmest prospects who were ready to buy there and then. And like at any one point in time, if you've got an audience of a thousand people, there's only 2% of them are in the, in the right, in A, in the buying mindset and B, ready to actually buy. So you might have, so let's say I have a thousand people, 2% of that is 20 people. There may only be 10 serious buyers in that who jump onto a call with you. And there may only be three or four or five of those people who actually go on to buy something from you. It's like a really tiny percentage. So because the ads campaigns that I'm running had effectively pulled all of the warmest people through into booking calls and, and signing up for Fearless Business, but I wasn't filling up the top of the funnel with new prospective clients. But I'm spending £3,000 a month and it took me three months to figure this out. So effectively, and and what happened during those three months is all of a sudden, the number of, um, the amount of engagement, um, the number of calls booked and the number of sales pretty much stopped, just ended. Um, And I got a few organic sales and it wasn't sort of, you know, it wasn't life ending and I'd saved up some money. So it's all good. But even still, it cost me £9,000, three months at 3k a month before we figured this out. And I had to, so immediately when I figured it out, stopped the ads, re-looked at it, then had to kind of take a big deep breath and then and then restart doing it. Now, the other thing was that um, the company who had kind of sold me this product uh, around sort of advertising and scaling that way, they didn't know about this issue with warm audiences either. And so inevitably what they said was, and again, this is completely my mistake, but they said, oh, you need to join our scaling program. That'll fix that solution. I just assumed that what they'd been talking about was right because up until that point, the other advice which they give me was sound. And I thought, oh, they must know what I'm talking about. I didn't realize though that they hadn't solved this warm audience issue. So I signed up to their more advanced program, which was much more expensive and I wasn't ready for it because I, I still wasn't getting the leads through. And now all of a sudden I'm now paying for the super expensive program as well. So um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a big lesson to learn. And I do think as well, like don't assume that somebody is, and this is like, I, I have this issue. Um, is, this is just something which I, I mull over a lot because I always wanted to make sure that when I was running a coaching practice, it would be, you know, it would be done ethically and morally from the right perspective. I would never take on a client if they're not a good fit for fearless business. Um, unfortunately, folks, there are some less scrupulous people out there who will take your money just for the sake of taking your money. Um, uh, I like, I'm not one of those. I, I would, I, you know, like I said, I'd rather be poor homeless and destitute than take somebody's money when they're not a good fit for the program. But I would say most of the stuff that you are being pitched and sold, which you see on social media, people dropping into your DMs, sending you cold emails, and all that kind of stuff. Most of those things are designed just to sell you onto their program, and they don't give two hoots whether you're a good fit for their program or not. So it's worthwhile just taking a breath before you commit to buy any coaching program, and I'd say that with Fearless Business as well. Um, like you know, just just have a think about whether it is a good fit for you at that particular point in time. Can it really solve the the burning bridge that you need to put out, that big problem, pain point, or challenge that you've got right now that you need to put out? Um, can it actually solve that? Okay, so and I want you to, I want you to, I you know, it's I feel kind of a bit 
split here, divided here, because in, on the one hand, I sell a coaching program. On the other hand, I'm telling you to be very cautious about who you're spending your money with. So, but hopefully there's a lesson within that that kind of makes sense. Um, it's, it's just a very confusing place to be running a business right now. I'm not going to lie. Um, the next thing though is, um, the second thing is kind of going alongside that really is then um, making sure that the supplier you're choosing, again, is using... Uh, one, they have social proof around like they're getting great results for people sim in the similar um, industry to you, that you can actually reach out to some of their testimonials, the people who've left testimonials, and get a, 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 um, a referral from them and just say, hey, what experience did you have working with a company? Were there any problems? Um, I, I wanted to grow my Instagram a couple of years ago and um, God, God, almost ashamed to admit this, like tell this story now, but I've got to tell it for the sake of like, well, I've started now, so I'm going to have to finish. And plus, again, I'm saying, I'm sharing this stuff because I don't want you to make similar mistakes to me, okay? Because these can end up being very costly mistakes. Anyway, I, I hired a um, person to help out with my Instagram um, growth. I was sold the dream that they would do it all organically and that they would be filtering people out. There'd be no cold DMs. It would all be about creating great engagement and, and getting 500 followers a month and this, that, and the other. So I sold the dream. Uh, and I thought, okay, that sounds reasonable. And it wasn't cheap either, but it, I mean, it wasn't super expensive, but it was, certainly wasn't cheap. But I thought if they can grow that, 400, 400 followers in my niche organically, sounds perfect. Checked out some of their video testimonials. They seem to stack up. Messaged a couple of people. That seemed to sound like, you know, it, you know one person in particular is like a very warm sort of um, referral. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll give this a go. Needless to say, what had happened was, and again, I got caught up in this, they... Um, were originally doing it organically. Then they realized that organically takes a lot of time, energy, and effort. So they'd inadvertently gone and bought some software to speed the process up. And I'm doing software in bunny ears because you all know what I'm going to say here. Effectively, I paid somebody else to go out and buy Instagram followers for my Instagram account. And what a mistake that was. Um, we ended up growing, I think they grew it to about 15,000 odds. Um, we, got, we got to about 10,000 Instagram followers. And I'm thinking there's something a bit fishy here because um, we got all these followers and I would post something and there'd be no increase in engagement. Like none of these new people are engaging. I started to look at some of the profiles and I was like, this looks properly dodgy. And again, I, this was four figures, four figures I paid for this. So I told this person to stop whatever they were doing immediately because um, it, it just wasn't. And apparently they told me they'd stopped it. The payment stopped, but I was still in somebody's system and they were still adding followers. And in the end, we ended up getting up to about 15 odd thousand people following us. And they were all basically, oh God, honestly, it just makes me sick. But I'm sharing this with you because I don't want you to make the same mistake that I made, okay? Now, ultimately what happened was we realized what the problem was. We identified the the good accounts from the bad ones that are following us. Um, and we had, a, so we had a system and systematically I had to get, I've had to get my head of content to go through and manually remove all of those followers that were bought. Honestly, it, it makes me feel a little bit sick. And I know some other people this has happened to, and they've just gone off and they've just set up entirely new Instagram accounts. Um, I, I kind of didn't like the idea of starting entirely from scratch. I kind of figured, well, if we can rectify this 
um, situation and bring it back to where we are. So we started at about three or 4,000, 5,000 or something like that followers. Um, I said, if we can just get somehow get rid of all of these people, well, fake accounts, whatever, bot accounts that have followed us and get back to square square zero and then rethink our Instagram you know, strategy, I'll be happy anyway. We managed to do it. We removed all of the bots. It took us several months. It was a massive headache. Um, never making that mistake again. If somebody pitches me anything remotely to do with Instagram, I tell them to do one because again, like Instagram is just vanity mostly. Like I hate to say it. You know, I know there are some very successful people marketing out there on um, on Instagram, but ultimately what it's about, is, it's kind of almost, it's what I call awareness marketing. That awareness marketing has its place, but generally speaking, you have to spend a lot of money on awareness marketing, um, but it doesn't actually produce any direct return on investment or ROI. You know, any marketing which you do, you should expect to get a five to 10 times return on investment directly for whatever that marketing spend is for. When you're spending money on awareness only, it does nothing. It, it might, like, you can, you can do um, Facebook reach um, campaigns, advertising campaigns. So you can get a load of likes on your page, for example. But again, you can spend loads of money, like even as like five to ten pounds a like now. It's it's getting ridiculous on Facebook, and that person may not be your ideal client. They may not be um, ready to buy, and they may not have anything to do with your business whatsoever. It might just be that all they did is they they just like clicking the like button. So like buying awareness and reach is actually a really poor marketing strategy. Um, you know, if you haven't got a process to then follow up and qualify those people. Another example of this, so I, I've done reach campaigns, waste of money, like not going to lie, total waste of money. Awareness campaigns, total waste of money. A um, couple of other examples of this, um, I've sponsored events in the past. Um, uh, I've even paid to speak at events and uh, I've been told about the size of the audiences that I'm going to be speaking in front of and I've handed over the money and then you show up and there's five people there and you're like, really? That was a massive waste of money. Um, um, and the same thing for um, uh, buying PR in magazines, like advertorials. I've done that a couple of times. Last time I did it, it was to the tune of £1,800 in a magazine that was, I think, what I was sold was it was somehow linked to the Telegraph, so a mainstream newspaper. And the reality was, there's no readers. None of those people were aligned with my my target audience. I should have done my research. I should have known better. I'm £1,800 worse off. They had a very tight contract. I did try and fight it and I lost. Um, so, but never making that mistake again. My people don't hang out in magazines, okay? It's quite, it's as simple as that. Like we live in an online world these days. If I can't find my ideal client online, I'm doing something wrong. So physical events, um, PR in magazines, reach and advertising campaigns and awareness campaigns are all just, it's just vanity metrics. There's nothing more than that. And if you don't do your research properly, you're going to have people left, right and centre pulling your pants down um, uh, and taking your money and you're not going to get results from it. So just be very careful where you spend your advertising budget. Right. I, I've kind of, it's a bit of a rant. I'm sorry about that, but hopefully this is helpful. But here's what you can actually do about it. And hopefully this is um, this will help you to start paving the way so that you don't make the same mistakes, costly mistakes that I've made with my business. Like I said, um, I I am your chief marketing strategy testing person. Uh, I make all of these dumb mistakes so you don't have to. There we go. Um, so one of the first things really is just when you're planning a marketing or advertising campaign, just make sure that you implement that campaign really well. If you find yourself rushing to deliver on a campaign, um, 
it's unlikely to work because there is this whole sequence of events when you're launching a marketing campaign of things which need to happen in order for people to go from top of funnel, cold, where they don't know you, through to bottom of funnel, warmer, where they do know you and they're kind of starting to lean into you, your brand, your product, your service, and maybe even booking a call with you. Um, so one of the, one of the things is you need to make sure that you, um, when you plan your campaign, check that you have a suitable landing page, um, set up so that when somebody, for example, if you're doing, um, a lead magnet, such as a PDF download or a five day challenge or a mini course or something like that, make sure that you have a thank you page there with a video on it, which then indoctrinates them and tells them, well, first of all, it says, thank you for downloading my thing. Here's what you, you're going to um, uh, expect to see next from me. By the way, here's a little bit, bit of a background about me. And I'm going to send you loads of great value. So just having a little video on a thank you page as a, as a next step after they've downloaded the thing just shows that you're there thinking about the person who's downloading it and finding creative ways to add value. Like, could you actually give them an extra bit of a training in that video to help them take another step forward before they've even gone and found the, the download thing in their inbox so make sure and make sure as well that when you grab their email address and name and hopefully their telephone number it goes into the appropriate list in your email list so that they then get an, an, an invitation um, via email or whatever to come and join your Facebook group because there's loads of people like them who also want to know more information about this thing and so they can go and uh, you know dive into a join a, a thriving community of like-minded people so make sure that your marketing is nicely joined up nicely thought out and all of your marketing assets, things that you want people to consume, all speak to one another. So there's this nice ecosystem going on. So they don't just download the thing uh, and then disappear off because what's likely to happen is if they if they request to download the thing and then leave, um, invariably, you're not going to get a very good quality lead in your database at that point. And they're not going to see value either. So it doesn't make sense. The second thing as well is just to make sure that when you do launch um, some kind of advertising or marketing campaign, commit to test out for the long term. And by that, I mean at minimum, absolute bare minimum, 30 days. But probably the ideal time to test out a marketing campaign is somewhere in the order of 90 days. And the reason for that is it takes time for somebody to come in at the top of your funnel and to have their first experience of you and your business and to get through to the point where they're ready to buy something. So Daniel Priestley talks about uh, three numbers, seven, 11, four, seven hours of engagement, 11 touch points and four locations. Um, that actually, those stats came from something called Zero Moments of Truth, which is a white paper written by Google. Um, but Dan Priestley broke it down very nicely into seven, 11, four. So before somebody buys something from you that's substantial, they need to have had seven hours of engagement with you across 11 different touch points, online, offline, uh, download, podcast, video, maybe a book, maybe meeting you in person, maybe hearing you speak an event, all of these different touch points um, before they're actually ready to buy from you so that you've got their trust. That's super, super important. The other thing as well, and uh, the other thing or reason why you want it to be a long campaign, at least 30 to 90 days, is because this then gives you enough data um, to validate and test any hypotheses which you've got. Okay, so for example, like having 100 leads versus 10 leads is going to give you much better data to have tested against. 
because 10 leads may only lead to like one or two calls and maybe one like zero or one sales. It doesn't give you enough. But if you've got 100 leads coming through, did that lead to 10 to 20 calls? And did that lead to four to five sales? Do you know what return on investment you got? So if it's £3,000 in, but you've got £12,000 of business out, you've got a four times return on investment, four times ROI. Um, therefore, you've got enough data to validate that that campaign is working or not working. The other thing as well is like most people pin all of their hopes on one campaign or one type of campaign. There's so many different, like a thousand and one different ways to market your business. And I'm just going to give you two examples and I'm going to demonstrate to you the difference between the quality of both of the, these two different campaigns um, and the costs associated with them. So the first one is um, we, we set up something called a scorecard. Uh, we use scoreapp.com. You can go and check our pricing scorecard out. It's fearless.scoreapp.com if you want to see it. Um, and essentially, it, it, it's a little calculator. It works out whether you're pricing your products accordingly and whether you could put them up or whether there are other aspects of your business you need to turn your attention to first. Score app, when people fill it out, they've got 40 questions to complete. They have to put in their name, email address, and telephone number up front. So actually, they're a very warm and very well-qualified lead when we get them into Score App. It costs a lot more money. It costs about five to six times the amount to get somebody to complete our Score App as it does to um, get them through something, you know, like a Facebook lead ad. Okay, and I'll explain about Facebook leads ad in a second. But what I've noticed is that because they're better qualified and they've they've done a little bit more or gone through, jumped through a few more hoops. When we give them a quick callback and offer them either a copy of the book or we offer them a, a, a free call with me, you know, diagnostic call with me, they're much more inclined to sign up to the next step. Whether they buy or not, it's inconsequential, but they're much warmer in many respects and they will more likely take the next step. Um, consequently, though, to that, at the same time as when we set up Score App, I was also running a Facebook lead ad campaign and we were getting leads through for some of the reason about three to four pounds per lead. Um, I was like, I want to get 100 plus leads in order so I've got enough data here just to test it. Again, we were, it was for a daily marketing checklist. Again, you can access that if you go to fearless.biz forward slash resources. Um, but um, when we, we ran it successfully, within about three weeks, we generated our um, 100 leads. We'd spent about four or 500 pounds on this campaign. Uh, again, we collected name, email address, and telephone number. However, when we started trying to call um, those people back, we noticed some things. First of all, because it was very frictionless and the leads were unqualified, um, this, uh, if we did get to speak to them, most of them couldn't remember filling out that form because it's like one click in Facebook and they got the thing and that was it. And they did, didn't remember the brand. So that was the first thing. The second thing was many, and we only spoke to a handful, most of the people we tried to call uh, didn't bother picking up or their telephone number was out of date. So when, with Facebook lead, ad, lead ads, it automatically puts a telephone number or email address into the lead ad form that they've registered with Facebook. Now, if they didn't haven't updated it, if they registered with that like eight years ago and haven't updated it since, it's likely that their email address and or telephone number are out of date. So getting hold of those people is nigh on impossible. Telephone call wise, um, we didn't, didn't get through to them or if we did get through to them, they're like, who are you? Um, and the second thing was with email, we got a much higher bounce rate with um, Facebook lead ads. So cheaper leads, but less qualified data's not as up to date. Okay. So it's really important that you run multiple different campaigns and test different stuff out in order to work out what best works for you and your audience. Otherwise you'll end up spending a ton of money or you'll spend not enough money and then go, no, it doesn't work for me. Probably it does work. It's just, you haven't finessed it and you haven't got enough data to decide um, categorically whether it's working or not. And sometimes you just need to trust your gut. Sometimes actually you might be right and maybe it isn't working for you. That's fine. 
The next next to that is then making sure that you've got a solid sales process in place. So if you're expecting to do some kind of lead generation in 2022 and that people are going to go into your list and they're going to they're going to see your weekly newsletter that, to, that you send to them and that they're going to sign up to something, um, the chances of that happening are very, very slim. There are some people who make this work incredibly well, but they're getting... Um, They've optimized their lead gens. They're getting cheap leads. They've, their list has got tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people in it. And so if you think about that 2% rule, if they're picking off 2% of their list each time they send, send out an email, yes, they're going to get some business through it. So it kind of makes sense. Most of us, though, don't have the budget and or the time to grow a list to the order of like tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands. Um, most of the people who have lists that size have just been in the game for the last 20 plus years, 20 or 30 years, like building lists. So it's kind of effortless for them when it comes to actually reaching out to those people. There are also, by the way, the people who I talked about at the start of this, pro, uh, this, this podcast episode, who are going to be the one who are trying to sell you that shiny thing which worked for them, but it's worked for them because they were first to market, okay? And there's, there's a big differentiator there. Don't assume that because it work for them, it's going to naturally work for you. You need to question this stuff, okay? Really, really important. The final point I've got on this is that you must also be, well, kind of already, I've already alluded to it, but you must be willing to invest in marketing. Now, what this looks like is if you've got a six-figure business, you probably need to be investing up anything like 15, 20% of your overall turnover back into marketing your business in order to grow it and scale it, okay? Now, that is a lot of money. If I told you that for every £100,000 your business makes, you've got to be spending 15 to 20 grand on marketing activities, um, you know, or advertising campaigns, that would probably come a bit of a shock to a lot of you. If you're a £20,000 a year business and you're aspiring to be six figures, well, that's the equivalent of what you're currently earning. That is all of the money you're currently earning spent on marketing, which is a lot, okay? So gradually, this is about me just setting some expectations here. You've got to gradually ramp up. As your business grows, you can reinvest more money into marketing. As your business grows, reinvest more. As your business grows, reinvest more. But really, 15 to 20% is a ballpark. And that's investment in terms of advertising, in terms of building marketing assets, PDF downloads, books, podcasts, YouTube channels, getting people to do social media marketing and all those good things for you. If you don't have the budget then you have to use your time, okay? Now, this is, again, the area where most people get this completely wrong and out of balance, okay? With your time, it doesn't work the same way as with money. You can invest 20% of your money to pay for somebody else to do the stuff, but with your time, probably for many small businesses, you may actually, and this is going to come as a big shock because you think most of your time should be spent delivering paid for work to your clients. Nope. If you want to scale your business, you're going to have to be spending somewhere in the order of 70 to 80% of your time on marketing activities or building remarkable marketing assets that add value to people's lives. Yeah, you heard me that correctly. 70 to 80% of your time as a small business owner needs to go into marketing. And it is astounding. Now, the thing is, yes, we've all heard the saying, um, work smarter, not harder. It could be that actually, and I was thinking about this the other day, I spent a lot of time, and this is another dumb tax that I paid, a lot of time in 2021 doing a lot of the marketing um, activity, like being productive, coming and sitting at my desk, doing all of the marketing stuff that all the gurus and experts tell you to do. Um, and I realized, like, I just, I sat there and I thought, God, this week I must have spent 20 hours going through emails and doing social media posts and interacting with people online and doing all the good stuff that everybody tells you to do. And I was like, if I just spent, please folks, listen to this bit. If I'd just spent 20 hours writing some content for my next book, 
how much could I have written? And I reckon I probably could have written about 10,000 words in that time. Yep. 10,000 words. That's a third of a book, a decent sized book. So it made me completely rethink my strategy towards like marketing um, in 2022. I'm going to be spending a lot more time writing books, writing content, creating high value lead magnets for the business, because that is where my superpower and my strength is at. Because I can probably spend maybe 20 or 30% of my time on just writing and not bothering with all of the other marketing activity a lot of the experts are telling you to do. Now I can do that because I have residual money coming in from other areas of my business, okay? Super important to delineate like, and recognize where your business is at currently. I'm fortunate that I've got a good client base. I've got some regular money coming in so I can afford to kind of take a bit of a sit back and focus more on the writing side of things. Okay. But I don't need to write, like use up as much energy writing as I would do if I was just focused on doing marketing activity. Okay. And focused on lead generation, this and all that fancy stuff that, okay. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. And you've got value from this episode of the podcast. If you have, please, please, please do leave us a review on iTunes. It massively boosts the algorithms um, on iTunes and it does help us to get up into the um, into the, the various different charts around the world that iTunes has for, I think we were number nine in um, overall in the marketing podcast in uh, Lebanon recently, which is quite exciting. And even more exciting, we're regularly in the top 100 podcasts in the UK now um, in the marketing category, which um, I'm really chuffed and humbled by. So we're getting good amounts of downloads, but it's the reviews really which help us to get those downloads so do go and leave a review on itunes we'd massively appreciate it hope you've enjoyed this episode i'll catch you on the next one mm-hmm.